I just want to rejoice that I serve an almighty God, that he knows and understands, and he can take my burden, cast it upon him, for he cares for you, church. I just want to encourage you. But we have the future coming before us. We're all facing it. Some of us are changing and transforming. I remember a few years ago, I had dark hair. It's changed. One time I tried to do some coloring. Didn't work for me. So I said, forget that. We'll just let God do the coloring. Things change. You have those areas. You get up at times, you're thinking, okay, where did this come from? This pain, this area, this, uh, what was going on? Things transform. But I'm telling you, when you can face the future, because God's given us a wherewith and Jesus understood that. But let's go to scripture, John chapter 16. Verses six and seven, we want to read. I want to read it from the New King James, then I'm going to also read it from the Amplified. Amplified pulls some things out just a little bit different, but it is a, a good translation in this one. Let's read. Stand for the reading of God's Word, if you would, please, at the home, folk, and we appreciate you standing. If you can't stand, that's fine. Just kind of stand up in your heart and in your mind. But let's read. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper, say the helper, helper. will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Let me read this from the Amplified. You don't have it, but I just want to give it to you. A little bit longer translation, but it is a good one. Verse 6 says, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts and taken complete possession of them. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I did not go away, the helper... The comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, counselor, strengthener, standby, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, which is the Holy Spirit, to you, to be in close fellowship with you. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I'm thankful for God's Spirit. I'm thankful that he's given us the help that we need in times of trouble. I'm thankful that I can go to the Holy Spirit and draw strength because there are a lot of times in my emotions, I don't have it. There are a lot of times in my body, I don't have it. But thank God, as we heard what he said this morning, I am. Say he is. is. And that's what we must trust in. You may be seated. The Greek word for describing the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost is parakletos, which means one called to come alongside to help. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit comes alongside you? I'm thankful for that, especially in the day and age we're living in and what we're facing and what we're going through and what's happening. The doors have been open this year in 2018, but There's a lot of confusion going on. Let me put it to you in this way. Even in the Pentecostal ranks, in the 
charismatic, full gospel. A lot of beliefs are going around and a lot of people is confused. But I'm thankful that God gave us the Holy Ghost that can kind of teach us, kind of come along and say, wait a minute, things are not quite like they should be. So you can go back to the Word of God. Something we can see from here that this was Jesus' last message to his disciples. They was given before he went to the cross. How many know sometimes the last message holds a lot of weight? Because Jesus was giving something that he wanted to tell them. said, I must leave. I must go. They depended upon Jesus. They walked with him. Uh, they slept with him. They ate with Jesus. They worked with Jesus. And all of a sudden now he says, it's expedient that I leave you. Some of you don't even ask where I'm going, but your sorrow has filled your heart because I'm going to go. But I want to let you know I'm going to not leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you uh, without some care. I'm going to send back the Holy Spirit. So we see that it is so important that the disciples hear this message. But it's not just a message for the disciples. This was a heartfelt message Jesus gave to the church. Say, so we are the church. Some of you have been going through a lot of things and you've had your heart broken. You've had your heart hurt. You've had some emotions going up and down. Which way do I go? Which way do I turn? And maybe it's in the family. Maybe it's outside the family. Maybe it's in a lot of things. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help you as a disciple, to help you as the one that is walking in this earth. Thank God for his help. Jesus talks about heaven and the life after death. We're going to face it one day. You might as well count on it. One day you're going to pass away. Now, one thing that I, I have learned, I have a new beginning, a new life. Because old things have passed away, all things become. So that gives me something that I can look forward to. Because my new life transitions into the next life. So see, it's a win-win situation. See, if the rapture don't take place, soon and very soon, one day, I'm going to leave this place. But if you see me in a casket, don't you believe that's me? It's just my shell. It's just my carnal. It is going to be there. I'm going to go back to the grave, and I'm going to go there, but I'm here to tell you, I'm not there. I'll be in heaven. Jesus said, I want to bring comfort to you. I want you to understand that sorrow because you think I'm going to be gone and that's it. No, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to ask the Father to send a helper, a comforter, the one that's going to strengthen you, a paracletus that's going to be with you. Thank God for that. Jesus talks about the works that's going to continue when he's gone. You and I must continue the works that he started the works that he done. But if we don't connect into the power that God has given to us, it's going to be very difficult. You need to plug in to what God has. And thank God he sent back his spirit. But he gave us his name, Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. There's power in that name. But it's more than just speaking his name. If that was the case, then we could speak his name and everything would be all right. But you must speak it under the inspiration and under the power of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Ghost uh, is so good that he comes to give us strength and power. When we speak the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit speaks with power. See, Jesus said, my words are life and spirit. They speak life and they speak spirit. They speak the things that world, the world needs to hear. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, it says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But you must tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Now, what does this mean to be endued? What is, happens when you are endued? This word endued means to be clothed with, means to be covered with. That's something we need in the hour we're living in. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need to be clothed with God's power. If you think you can make it on your own, one day you're going to hit a, a roadblock. And one day you're going to hit a block wall that you seem to can't get around. But when you've got the power of God, sometimes the Spirit of God can be a jackhammer to tear down the block walls. Sometimes he gives you the strength when you don't have it within yourself. I can't get out of bed. I can't move another lick. I can't go another step. But all of a sudden you feel the clothing come on you. You feel the power of the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden you get up with some refreshing, some with power, some with uh, renewness. And I thank you, Father, that you've given the Holy Spirit. See, in order to face the future, in order to face the difficulties, in order to face the things that we're facing, we need the Holy Spirit, church. Amen. This is not a Pentecostal thing. See, every church, denomination, whatever, came from the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 was when the church was born, was incepted and come forth. Thank God. I, I look at some people and they tell me, he says, I says, did you celebrate Pentecost? He goes, I'm not Pentecostal. He says, yes, you are. They look at you and I says, let's go to the word of God. You was born on that feast time. See, Pentecost is a Jewish feast that they had. But notice what Jesus said, that the promise of the Father will come upon you and you shall be endued. In Acts chapter 1, verse 5, it says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. How many knows you need to be baptized in the Spirit of God? Amen. If you want to carry on, if you want to go further with God, if you want more of God, you need to be baptized in Him. There's a lot of denominations that don't believe in this. They don't believe that you need to be baptized. That's between you and the Lord. I'm not here to put you down. I'm not saying you're not going to heaven, but I'm here to tell you, facing tomorrow, you need the Lord. And you need all that he has and all that he wants to give. There are times in my own life, and this year has been a challenge, but it's not been my worst one. I've had a few of them that's been pretty bad. But if it hadn't been for the Lord, I would have lost my mind. If it hadn't been for the Lord, I couldn't have been picked myself up out of bed. I may have been somewhere else, but thank God the Holy Spirit come along and give me strength. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that come and give me something that I can get up and I can face the future. I can face tomorrow. I can face whatever comes my way. Jesus said, you're going to be baptized in the spirit. 
Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. Say power. Power. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We need the Holy Spirit. And he says, then you'll be witnesses. Then you shall be what this, uh, that God says, you can witness for me in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I first received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I was laid out, laid out on the floor, and all of a sudden, I received my language. I got up. I really didn't feel the power that I thought I was going to feel. I, mean, I heard all about this. I heard the preachers talking about this, and I go, oh, I want more of God. I, I want to operate. I want to be the, what, what God wants me to be. I got up the next day. I really didn't feel it. But you know what happened? All of a sudden, the doors were starting to be open. And I entered into a different realm that I had never been before. And I says, uh, what is this? Because when you enter into the baptism, now, now not everybody wants to be baptized in the Spirit of God because they want control of their lives. They, they want to be, says, I want to know what I'm saying. I want to know what's happening. I want to be in control of everything. That's up to you. I'm not saying that you have to, but I'm here to tell you it's facing tomorrow. I need the power of God. I need the spirit of God in his fullness. I need God's word. I need what he says to help me face tomorrow. So many challenges and decisions that people are facing and they don't know why they're going through this. But what happened when I received the baptism? The door opened for me to enter into new areas and new realm and new understanding. Thank God. See, the world don't get this. They're blinded. The Bible says there's a veil upon their eyes and their mind. They don't understand it. Something else that I, I, I understand this. I need to be in the presence of godly people. So many times people want to isolate themselves, but they can't operate what God's given you until you get along with God's people. That's called the church. You can't be fully functioning in what God wants until you get along with the other people that loves God too. See, it's a door opener for us to come into the things and, and the door opens to supernatural things that you never thought before. Your mind starts opening up. See, it's not in a natural religion. That is just saying, I'm going to work so I can get close to God. I'm going to put on so I can be close to God. You can put on all day long. That doesn't mean you're going to get to God. How many religions are trying themselves to get to God? There's a lot of people says, God, Allah is my God. <laughs> this one, Buddha. <laughs> Is a God. How many knows that religion puts things into perspective so that man can do it themselves? But can I tell you this? This means that I cannot do it. I need God in my life. I need Jesus in my life. I need the Holy Spirit. And without him, it's hard to make it. So natural things won't do it. See, one thing I see here says we go in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to operate, to move, and do. Uh, we need Him to help us in the future, to help us in the now. Can I hear an amen on that one? I need the Holy Spirit. Not just in the future. Something I noticed that, that when you receive this, see, Satan is around the world, and there, we're seeing things, uh, satanic things are going on right now. Hateful things that's not of God. They're pushing their agenda. They're pushing this. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't know what's right or wrong anymore. You'll be confused. But with the Holy Spirit in his fullness, he will show you the right way. 
There's been many a times I get up and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit talks to me and he says, this is what's going to happen today. When I was entering into this, I didn't quite understand. And I says, ah, no, nah, that's not going to happen. It's just my mind. I had to learn to listen to the Spirit of God and to listen to what he says. Because when I arrived at a certain designation, all of a sudden the things come back to me, what the Spirit of God was saying. And I didn't really believe, so I wasn't ready. But now I have tuned in, and the door's open, and now the power of God helps me in everything I do. Even when I go to work, even when I go home, even when I, I'm... The Holy Spirit is there to reveal some things to me. There was one time my oldest was involved in some things. How many knows that sometimes kids don't tell you everything? Can I put it be point blank? People don't tell you everything. They'll hide it. So there was one day I was alone in prayer, and God started revealing some things to me about my boy and what he was involved in. And the people he was involved in, the kids. So one day we was in the kitchen, and I was eating something, and he was eating, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, talk with him. So I started talking with him, and I started talking to him about one of his friends. And I laid it out, what the Holy Spirit told me. He looked at me, big eyes. He goes, who told you that? I go, a little bird. <laughs> he goes, no, Dad, who told you that? I says, I told you, a little bird. He just looked at me. He didn't quite understand. I says, if that boy don't get things ready right, he's going to be in jail. He's going to have some if issues. He's chasing some things, and you're getting close to that. He looked at me and said, he, he just couldn't believe it. But I'm here to tell you, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you, will help you in your life. This is not something to say that uh, it's a voodoo here or it's occultic. I'm here to tell you, there's so many people who make it sound like that. It is not. He is the one that wants to come alongside you, help you, help you to walk in the things in this world, to help you in the future. And the future is right before us now because I need to walk into what God's given to me now. Amen. Then when I come to tomorrow, he's already there. Am I talking to somebody this morning? How many's ever had those hard times in your life? You've been hit with one thing or another, and it makes you feel like your mind is going off the wall. It feels like your emotions are racing, and it's on a roller coaster. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes alongside, and all of a sudden, things calm down. That's the reason why the Bible says that He gives peace that passes all understanding. And when you've got peace, you can think logically. You can think rightly. You can think in the way that God says to think. Thank God for that. See, something I noticed that he gives you an anointing. He gives you something that is not of this world when you receive the Holy Spirit. He also allows uh, angels to come to your attending. Now, I don't worship angels. People are putting angels around everywhere and they worship them. I don't worship angels. They're servants just like I am. Matter of fact, we've got some around here right now. Supernaturally, they're sitting around watching us. They observe what you do. They observe how you worship. They observe how you walk. But they're servants. They're messengers sent from God to help you, to speak to you, speak sometimes. There's one time my aunt said something. I never caught it until later on. She goes, 
Don't tread where angels fear to tread. And I says, what does that mean? I was thinking in my mind, what does that happen? After a while, I understood it. Angels will not go away from the will of God. They will not go away from what God has designed. Don't tread where angels fear to tread. When you have the Holy Spirit and he comes with his power and his fullness, all of a sudden you may start going down a way and a path and maybe draw that away. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, that's not the way to go. You need to get back on the straight and narrow. Can I hear an amen? amen. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many are going that way. But the Holy Spirit keeps you on a path that is narrow and it is straight. And when you walk on that, he will help you. Amen. And the angels are there to speak to you. I have a, I've had a visitation where I had naturally seen angels in my life a couple of times. And they've spoken into my life. They've spoken into a situation. I remember one time I was at work and I went out and I normally don't take breaks. My job sometimes, it's hard to take a break, but one day I did. I was sitting out there with a bunch of people that was working in, in the areas I was working in, and we're sitting there, and all of a sudden this car had circled around the block because it went by, and I noticed it, and then all of a sudden it come around, and there it was where the picnic tables were because it was warm, and it pulled up alongside me, and all of a sudden this man got out, left the door open, and left the car running. I thought, that's a strange. And he gets down, <laughs> and there was two people sitting next to me. He looked at me, he pushed the other one off the side, and I thought, he moved the whole group. <laughs> he sat down right next to me. He goes, I need to talk to this guy. So he looks at me, and he goes, how you doing? I go, doing good. I'm thinking, who are you? And all of a sudden, he, he says, God sent me to you. He says, you've been asking for some things, and God says, Get ready. It's about to happen. The guys that were sitting in that, that picnic bench, they got their stuff and got up and went back inside the building. <laughs> They're going, what this? And they were at the door because there was glass in the door. They were watching. <laughs> Who is this guy? What's going on? He talked to me just for a few minutes, gets back in his car, starts heading down to the parking lot, and all of a sudden, he was gone. And what I mean, he disappeared. And the others come in, who was that? <laughs> what was going on? See, I'm telling you, when you enter in to the Spirit of God and to what God has for you, God opens the door for you to see supernatural things that you normally wouldn't see. Yeah, <laughs> but we need that in this hour. Yeah. Pastor, I don't know if I believe that. I'm telling you, you could ask the people that were sitting next to me because they really saw what was going on. I said, I don't know what it was, but I believe he was an angel. You know what? Less than two weeks, things that I had been praying about, God had orchestrated it, and it happened. All I could do is thank you, Lord, for the messenger. See, that's all angels are, messengers, just like we are. And we bring the good news, but we need to have power with the good news. We need to have power to face tomorrow. We need to have power, power to face the future. See, I don't know what's going to take place tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who does. And I need him in my life. Yes. See, that's where we look at things. There's a lot of people, because when you come to know the Lord, your future becomes bright. I understand that. In other words, you might as well put sunglasses on. Whew. Yep, bright. Because you come into the line with the Lord. 
But when you come into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you get more of what God has, it becomes brighter. You might as well really put the sunglasses on. Your future is bright. Because, but it's more than just bright. It becomes your future is brighter because God opens so much more for you. But if you reject it, if you don't deny yourself, if you don't get alone with God and say, God, I want more. See, my desire was to have all God has. You know what? In the day and age I'm living in, I need him more now than I ever did. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I can make it without the Lord. Without him in my life, how can I make it? Without him in his fullness, how can I have power? Without him, how can I discern? Without him, how can I know right from wrong? But with him, all things are possible. Thank you, Jesus. The message Jesus gave to the apostles was for them. Because he says, your hearts are filled with sorrow. But it is very expedient, as the new King James says. Very important. Truly, truly, I must go away. But I will send back a comforter. I will send back a helper. I will send back the one that will give you the strength, the power that you need. The message was not just for the apostles, was not just for the early church, but it's for this church. I am the church. He wants to impart some things to you, church. He wants to give you some things that you've never had before. See, I'm not ashamed of my prayer language. How many is ashamed of that? How many has ever spoken in tongues before? As the Spirit gives utterance. How many's ashamed of it? I'm not ashamed of it. I had a lady the other day, she's a manager, and we was in this uh, little break area. And she goes, There's something different about you. I don't talk to her much. She stays in her office, does her work. She works for the clinical side of things. And I says, well, What do you mean something different? She goes, There's just something different about you. She says, You're a Christian, aren't you? And I go, Yeah. And she goes, But it's more than just a Christian. There's something that, that when you walk by, there's a fragrance that's about you. She says, I smell something. There's just something. And she started talking to me. And I says, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. She goes, yes, that's what it is. She started talking to me a little bit more. And, and, I, and I said, I'm a pastor. And she goes, I knew something was special about you. I knew that was what I seen. I don't go and advertise that. I just let the Lord open. And she goes, I go to church and I do this. And, and, and she goes, but I need more. I want more. She's under so much pressure. How many knows that sometimes pressure gets you and stress can get you? But how many knows when you tune into the things of God, all of a sudden you feel that pressure kind of flee and lift from you. All of a sudden you feel like lighter than a bird. And all of a sudden you can start flying. And you're like an eagle and you start soaring under the wind of the Holy Spirit. 
under the wind that God gives you because he breathes into your life differently. He gives you something that you've never had before. And that's something that we all need in this hour that we're living in. Aren't you glad for this breath of the spirit of God? He knows how to give it to you, church. He knows how to lift you up when you seem like you're going down. He knows how to bring you out and bring you through everything you're going through. Some of you are facing some areas and things in your life, but I'm here to tell you, you can face tomorrow on a brighter tune that you ever had before. It's through the Holy Spirit. It's through God's Spirit. I know Satan is on the rage, and I know he's mad, but can I tell you that with the Spirit of God, Satan has got to flee. Mm-hmm. See, I'm not ashamed of the things that God's given me. I'm not ashamed to tell you he's my healer. I'm not ashamed to tell you that he works in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's the reason why it's so important to come to church. The gifts of the Spirit of God is in the group that God puts us together, the community, the church, you and I. We need each other's gifts. I need your strength. I need to learn from you. I need to have what you have so that we can move forward. See, as every joint supplies... That's the reason why I say isolationism will get you a cold and indifferent and thinking differently. But when you get around the things of God and allow God to use you, all of a sudden your joints are moving freely. Thank God for that. See, it's time that we face the future with the power of the Holy Ghost. It's time we look to God as our source and our resource and everything. I am, as he spoke this morning, thank God for that. See, this is not just a Pentecostal charismatic thing. This is to every believer, the Bible says. If you believe, you can receive. If you believe, you receive. Everybody say, but things just for the Pentecostals. You know what? Uh, You can get the Holy Ghost driving down the road. You can get it at your home by your bedside. You can receive everything that God has. It doesn't have to happen in church. God can give you everything he has if you just desire. It's desire. God, give me a hunger and a thirst for more of you. And watch what he'll do. He'll change your life. See, what is a believer? A born again person that has given their lives to Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden now God breathes into you and you have a new beginning. There's so much confusion and such the, uh, the ranks that I see so much anymore. And it's the work of the enemy. See, the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. Amen. And he never did bring confusion. He never will bring confusion. Because he brought us the way that we must, we must get into his word. We must know what his word says. And he knows that this is Jesus. And Jesus said, you must have the Holy Spirit that help write this word. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit gave to the disciples, the apostles, to write the Word of God. And when you have the Spirit of God, all of a sudden it becomes open. But too many people have got a veil over their life. Why do I need to go to church? Why do I need to read the Word? Why do I need to have Jesus in my life? I'm living fine. I'm okay. You know what? Without Jesus, you can't face tomorrow because you're going to hit snags. You're going to hit those things. That's going to be like a brick wall. You're going to hit those areas you can't seem to get around. But when you have the Holy Spirit, he helps you. He gives you the strength that you need in your daily walk and everything. See, it's not just living a rich religion living a life that I must come to church and I'm just going to uh, do this and I'm okay. No, you have a relationship now. All of a sudden you have some power that you never had before. 
In order to face the days we're facing, we need the power of God. But it takes a hunger. It takes you being hungry. And if you never make a time, see, one thing I have learned a long time ago is to have a devotion. But more than just a devotion, where I set a time aside for the Lord, I have loyalty to my Lord and Savior. I have a time that I get alone with him and I commune with him. And then all of a sudden when other things come up and it doesn't sound quite kosher, it doesn't sound like quite right, I can say something deep inside me says, this ain't right. I can then go to the word of God and all of a sudden God reveals it to me that this is what's going on. There's so much junk going on the TV anymore. You've got to watch what you're listening to. Even in the news media. Everybody, they're addicted to certain things. I like to watch the news like anything else. But after a while, you're going, oh, that's enough. Shut the thing off. I've heard so much of this and that. But you need to get in the word for yourself. You need to have a relationship for yourself. You need to allow God to impart to you. See, I'm just like anybody else. I need God on my daily walk. My calling and gifts... Just like anybody else, you have them yourself. Every single one of you do. You need to fulfill what God's given you. One thing that I notice in facing the future, Jesus faced some areas that was difficult that I could have what I have. When Jesus was on this earth, he showed the way to God. He showed God what was wanting to do. He battled the enemy. But then he come to the place, he says, I got to pay a price for every single one to have what I'm talking about. Jesus went to the cross, but before he went to the cross, he was whipped. He was ridiculed. He was mocked. His beard was plucked. He went and carried a cross. He was in such a way he was cursed. But he took all that that I don't have to. He paid a price that I don't have to. He gave me something that I didn't really deserve. But thank God he gave it to me. See, in the Old Testament, we see that only a certain group of people could have this, what we call the anointing or the moving of the spirit. That was the kings. That was the prophets. And that was the priests. They were the only ones that could move. And only the priests could come into the presence of the almighty God on one day, a year. But can I tell you, Jesus made a way that we can come in every day. Mm, let me shout on that one. Thank you, Jesus, that you made a way that I can come every single day. <laughs> every moment that I'm going through something. That way I can face it tomorrow with uh, assurance that everything is going to be all right. God, you've already arrived and you're taking care of everything. God, you're going to turn the situations, but when you try to do it yourself, you'll make a mess. And every time you get in a mess, if you don't watch it, the mess will turn into something worse. But allow God to open the door. But let's go to the New Testament. The Bible says in John 1, 29, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, say behold, behold. the Lamb of God, which take away the sin of the world. Notice what the Bible says. It was God's Lamb. God's Lamb that would take away 
the sin. It was God presenting who God wanted to present. It was Jesus himself. And when you behold him, you look to him. This word behold is two words really put into one, be and hold. When you be what you hold, you become what he has for you. You be what you hold. If you hold on to things of this world, you're going to be like that. And the things of this world will drag you down. If you get started talking about this one or that one, pretty soon you're part of the gossip group. And pretty soon you'll get in death. And God does not like that. If all you are looking to is this world for your source, then you're looking to the wrong things. The Bible says, behold, the Lamb of God. Behold God's Lamb. And the Bible says that in Isaiah 53, it pleased the Lord to put these things upon Jesus. It pleased Him to do the things that was done to Him. That I might have a right to enter in. You may stay on the sidelines, say, Pastor, I don't want any more of God. I've got what I have. That's all you're going to get then. But I'm not satisfied, church. I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And we have a world that is looking for a source, looking for something that is real, that's tangible, that they can hold on and say, yes, they've got it together. They've got something. And that's through the Holy Spirit. That's through God's calling. That is through us getting a hunger for God. Say, God, give me a hunger. One thing I noticed, the Old Testament, God dwelt in buildings. But notice what happened in the New Testament. All of a sudden, God says, I'm going to dwell in them. Hebrews chapter 10, 16 and 17 says this. This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and into their minds. I will write them. Then he adds their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Aren't you glad that God doesn't remember my deeds? Aren't you glad he knows how to forgive? Some of you are holding on to things you need to let go. Some of you have been hurt by people. You're holding on to that. You need to let go. Take the example of what God did. Take the example of what Jesus said. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And as you do, you release it to God. Jesus told his disciples, I must go so the comforter can come. So you're going to face those areas. And he says, you're going to need the Holy Spirit in your life. You're going to need the Holy Ghost that I'm going to send back. That's going to lead and guide you and comfort you. That's going to give you strength that's beyond you. That's going to do and do you with power and anointing. That you can function on a daily basis. So I can what? Face the future. See, when we come to know God in this realm, we speak God's language. The other day, I was, as a matter of fact, it was on Friday. And there's one gentleman I work with. He's been with us about a year. Don't talk to him about the Lord very much, but his mom and dad are involved in a full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic church up in Elkhart. And he said they talk to him all the time. But he's not really dedicated to the things. He was raised in some things. And so Friday, all of a sudden I got up and we was talking about some things and I felt the unction that was not me. And so I started talking to him. I was telling Martha, I was talking to him and I looked at him and I says, since you don't go that much, I guess you're getting your preaching today. You're getting your word today. 
he looked at me, bowed his head, and he says, you're convicting me. I says, no, that's the Holy Spirit. That's not me. I says, you need to get back into the things of God. See, you start speaking God's language, not to condemn, not to put down, not to put somebody in a box, but you start speaking the love of God, which brings conviction, which brings a desire to get close to God. But there's a lot of Christians that have been discouraged, been hit with one thing or another, and it seems like they can't get up out of it. But I'm here to tell you, it's time we allow God to breathe on us again. To lift us out of that place that we can soar like the eagles, that we can go higher than we've ever gone before, that we can see things. See, the eagle can see a lot of things where we can't see on the natural. That's the way with God. When you get into things of God, all of a sudden he lifts you higher and revelation starts opening up. The doors start opening up and all of a sudden you see things you never thought you could see. Clearly, I can see clearly now. <laughs> God is good and good all the time. Jesus said, I must go that you must have this power that I may give you what you need for this life that you can face tomorrow. I noticed in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says this, and this is, this is something I didn't really realize until I was studying this. It says, a rushing mighty wind. I says, why does it describe a rushing mighty wind? And the only thing that I really can figure out, the Holy Spirit was in a hurry. He wanted to get there in a hurry. He wanted to get there to those people and give what he has. And it let me know, God, you're in a hurry. You want to give me everything you've got. But am I stopping it? Am I saying, halt, don't come. And the winds, oh, I'm going to move in. How many knows the winds was blowing yesterday? You get out in the winds, you're going to find yourself moved. Okay. I felt that. I was trying to put gas in the vehicle yesterday. And I had to get around the car. That wind was, I barely could get that. I'm going, man, that wind's strong. That's the way the Spirit of God is. He wants to come in, and he's in a hurry, but he wants to push you into a different direction. He wants to push you into some things that is greater than of yourself. He wants to give you some power. See, it's like a rushing mighty wind, and that's what the Holy Spirit is. He's rushing in, wanting to give you everything he has. I mean, he's ready for it. I'm ready for it. I want more of God. See, the power will lift you. will give you something you've never had before. When I read that, I says, God has got a sense of humor. But he's rushing in. The Holy Spirit will come. He will do four things. Write these down in your mind or on a piece of paper. He wants to impart, empower, enlighten, and enforce. Now, what does he want to impart? Eternal life. How many is ready for eternal life? See, Jesus said, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. He wants to give you life not only to function in this world, but let you know, hey, I've got a better place for you. The older I get, the more I long for heaven. Am I the only one? After going through some hardships and going through this and that, I'm longing for heaven. I think sometimes hardships are designed for us to get our eyes off of what we have and what God has. But he wants to empower the believer. How many knows he wants to give you empower? He wants to give you an empowerment that is beyond you. When your strength is not there, when you don't have it within you, all of a sudden you find a resource and source that gives you something that's beyond yourself. 
That's like plugging into the wall outlet. All of a sudden you enter in because how many's ever tried to run a sweeper and not plug it in? <clears throat> Why ain't they picking this up? Why ain't things moving like it should? Oh, let me plug it in. All of a sudden you hear noises and, and all of a sudden you hear some things happening. And all of a sudden, you, even when you go along, all of a sudden you, you hear it go. <laughs> it's like it's hungry. But I'm here to tell you, when you plug into things of God, all of a sudden you find yourself moving in different realms. And all of a sudden you're doing some things you never thought you would do. And all of a sudden you're empowered to do some things that really brings help to the world and to your family. He empowers you, church. But he empowers you to bring some enlightenment that you might see. Now, what's the enlightenment? Now, the third thing, the enlightenment brings wisdom. I have many people tell me sometimes, now we got to use wisdom, pastor. After a while, the Holy Spirit kind of prodded me. He said, what wisdom are they talking about? So I asked him one day, I said, what wisdom are you talking about? He was a good businessman. He knew how to run business. He says, well, we got to be careful of this. I says, you're talking like a businessman. I says, what about God's wisdom? What about what God wants? What's the desire of God? He looked at me like, I never thought about that. I said, you're just looking on the natural, logically thinking, trying to put two and two together. And God says, if you put two and together in my realm, it'll give you five, it'll give you 10, it'll give you whatever. <laughs> Take you beyond what the mathematics can give you. But he also gives you revelation. What does revelation do? Gives you some insight. He reveals. See, my people perish for lack of knowledge and vision. People perish because they have a lack of knowledge. And the only way you can get knowledge is to make your mind up and give the priorities. God, you're first. For God to allow you to come into that realm where you need to be. You need to put priorities. God, you're going to be first. And watch what God will do. He'll open the windows of heaven and they'll only pour out blessings. But he'll also give you the insight for your life and your family and your business and everything around you. That's what he wants to do. The last thing he wants to enforce. And what does he want to enforce, Pastor? The new covenant. See, Jesus came to establish the new covenant. He died that I can have a right to go to heaven. He took those stripes that I can, I shall, I will be healed. And everybody gets this wrong when they hear somebody say about prosperity. It's not money in the bank. But God wants to prosper you to do what he's given you to do. That's true prosperity. Everybody says, well, if I give $1,000, God's going to give me 100000 Ah, you're thinking wrong. You're trying to consume it on yourself. That is not true prosperity. God wants to give you everything you need to operate and do what God's given you. If it's a nickel, you're prosperous. If you got a dime in your pocket, you're prosperous. If you got a car to get around in, you're prosperous. If you got a roof over your head, you're prosperous. God gives you those things. That's true prosperity. But the Bible says prosperity and health. Health is emotional too. 
How many knows that we're living in a time when those spirits are trying to haunt people and trying to get people and trying to put them in terror and fear and torment? That's not living. God wants to give you peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. He wants to give you all these things, but he wants to give you the new covenant and say, hey, what I died for, I'm ready to enforce. But we must enforce it ourselves too. We must speak as God's oracles. We must speak into the lives of those around us. Can I tell you now is the time to enter into the future? Can I hear an amen? amen. I want to enter into what God has. Trust me, in the last little while, it's one thing after another. But you know what it's doing? It's getting me ready for what's coming. I know every time I hit a snag. I know when the enemy attacks me. I know when he hits me. Something is about to take place. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Now is the time to enter the future with the power that God's given us through the Holy Ghost. Stand to your feet if you would, please. The enemy has tried to rock the church asleep. The enemy has tried to rock believers to sleep. But God says it's time to awake. 